there you're welcome back again to another episode of Kulavare creativity series this is a podcast that is focused on exploring the world of creativity and innovation this is the third episode and we're very excited to be back again if you haven't listened to the second episode please please do go listen to it we focused on talking about and we talked about myths of creativity and um, if you remember we had um, a very special guest david Bocas, with us and um, he mentioned two of the myths we talked about were lone creator myth and the breed myth but i won't give you all the details here because we actually had a full episode for that so please go and listen to it it's available on apple podcast google podcast Jesus teacher and um every of your favorite podcast directory you can also listen to it on colavari website www.colavarisolutions um we have as always aziz with us we have him here with us hi aziz hello zika how you doing i'm very well how's everything i'm fine i'm always excited yeah um people ask me if i'm a creativity expert mm. i said i'm not <laughs> i'm curious about creativity yeah and i spend some time researching on it but let me tell you what my main focus is i am interested in making the concept of creativity and innovation relatable and usable by everybody so that's really what this podcast series is all about mm. so this is i would let me just summarize what he said this podcast is a blessing Yes, because it has op- it has opened a lot of people's, even my eyes, it's very insightful and um, I always look forward to the next episode and the next episode and the next episode. And we're not alone as always, Aziz and I, we have a very, very, another very special guest, Olaoluwa Jose, he is the Chief Technology Officer at Chaka. Hi, Olaolu. Hi. Zika. How are you doing? Pleasure to meet you. Do you want to tell us a bit about yourself? Yes, um... I majored in artificial intelligence and robotics in, mm. in school. And currently, occasionally, I teach uh, kids how to create robots. Mm. <laughs> for, for, for vocation, I, am, I create uh, software and tools for finance and, finance and investment companies. Mm. Amazing. And please allow me to chip this in. He's one of our hardened fans. He listens to the yeah. episodes and always gives feedback. <laughs> I'm a, Thank I'm you so much for that. I'm a of all the episodes that have been released by Thank you very Colabre. much. That's interesting. And I think this is to encourage every one of us out there to you know continue to listen and beyond listening let's engage on all the platforms i remember over the past week there was a would i say a quiz or a giveaway on colavari's page on instagram and um i almost i almost participated but i didn't want to, i didn't want to do that and we had a winner he won david Bocas's book yes leading from, from anywhere. anywhere um congratulations to our winner and like i said Please engage on the page. The Instagram page is at Colavari Solutions. And you can also follow us on LinkedIn, Colavari Solutions. Okay, so now to today's um, topic. We'll be talking about creativity and the brain. Yes. That is um, something that I've looked forward to because uh, before we started talking about creativity, you'd almost think that the brain works like the computer. But I think um, Aziz begs to defer. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> that's why we have Laulu here today. Yes, so. true. 
Okay, so if you remember in um, episode two, we looked at the myths of creativity and we mentioned that a lot of these myths surrounding creativity are mostly as a result of the limited understanding we have regarding our brain. So today we want to basically provide insight into how the brain works so that we can better understand and improve our creativity. Aziz, what are your thoughts on this? Very interesting. Creativity is highly cognitive. By that, I mean it means that the brain determines a lot of creativity, okay? So, we need to know how the brain works for us to be more creative, okay? For some reason, like you mentioned, I don't know why, there's the assumption that the human brain works like the computer. I mean, it is so not true, okay? So, like I said, Lalu is here today who will help us provide insight into how the computer works. But for, for, for what I want to share are a couple of insights. I mean, there's so much about the brain... Um, and we can't share all that here. And in fact, I don't even know everything about the brain. But we'll share some few insights about the brain. Why? The more we know how the brain works, the more we are better aligned with its natural inkling and better get more out of our brain. And that means we can become more creative, okay? Now, I, I mean, I've said this a lot and I'm going to see it here. If I had an opportunity to design the curriculum for any school, I would include something that talks about understanding how the brain works for me it's very very important okay some of what i'm some of what i'll be sharing today are excerpts from books that i have read so that it's not as if i'm coming up with this fact myself for anybody that's interested in knowing more about the brain i will recommend three books okay the first one is your brain at work by david rock the second one iconoclast a neuroscientist reviews how to think differently by Greg Burns. And the third one, my favorite, Scatterbrain, that's the name of the book, by Henning Beck. A lot of what, I'm sh- what I will be sharing today will be from that book. Very interesting. Like he said, if you're very interested in this, please go and read more from this book. Okay, so let's start with telling us some facts about the human brain. Yeah. So, the brain is made up of billions of cells. Some estimate of between 70 to 100 billion cells. These cells are called neurons, okay? So, that's typically what the brain is made of, okay? Now, the brain, by weight, makes up about 3% of the weight of the entire body. But uses 20% of the energy of the body. There is an issue there. So the, the brain has been designed to be efficient because of that, that gap. 3% but uses 20%. Okay. Now, why is that important? It means that the brain typically will not be put to work if it has no reason to do any work. Okay. So it means that you can actually influence your creativity against the natural design of the brain being efficient, okay? So, I'm going to quote um, Gregory Burns, and this is what he says. He says, in order to think creatively and imagine possibilities that only iconoclasts do, one must break free of the cycle of experience-dependent categorization. So, I'll explain what he means. Now, because the brain is designed to be efficient, the brain will typically not want to do any extra work. It would go along natural paths that have, uh, that have already been created. Natural thought patterns, okay? So that's typically what it, it would do. Now, 
what Gregory Burns was saying is this. In order to move out of those natural thought patterns, you have to feed your brain with new experiences so that you are forcing your brain to explore options outside of your natural thought patterns. So what he's saying is that to become more creative, feed your brain with new experiences. By new experiences, what do we mean? Read wide, travel more, know more about things outside your field. Don't be so preoccupied with what happens in your field. Just try to have a broad knowledge across different areas. What you are doing is that you are forcing your brain to think outside of its natural paths. That's one way of of becoming more creative. Thank you very much, Aziz. So now at least we have basic facts about the brain. So let's hear from Laolu. Tell us how the computer works. And a very interesting question. And I would start by saying the, the computer is a figment of imagination of the brain. Uh, to just say that human beings have always tried to create something smarter and faster than themselves. So the computer is nothing but a set of rules designed to work in a certain way based on very definite data set. That means if you know how to speak, you can program or teach the computer how to speak. And that's the whole idea, trying to make the computer do what humans do on a natural uh, basis. For example, we can count from 1 to 10. The computer also can be taught to count from 1 to 10. You can do additions, you can do subtractions, but in summary, it's just a quest to make the computer or another gadget do things just the way human does. Thank you. So Aziz, is this different from how the brain works? And how does this then affect creativity? Very different. So this is my understanding of what Laolu has said. Um, a computer has an algorithm, okay? So it has an input, yeah. and based on the algorithm, it has an output, output. okay? So with a computer, you can, you can assume it is input, algorithm, output. output. But with the brain, it's very, very different. different. Okay. So this is what I mean. The human brain is designed to have deviations. That is where our creativity comes from. Every time an input comes into the brain, the interaction of the of, of the of the cells in the human brain, every time that happens and there is a deviation from how it has previously interacted with that input, you, what you have at the end of the day is a new thought. Okay, so 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 so, so this, this is how it works. What you have, what you call a thought, is different cells of the brain interacting. Okay. Okay. And the and the output of that interaction is what you call a thought. So let's assume for sake of discussion you have five neurons that were interacting. That interaction produces a thought. Yeah. Now, the day you are able to bring in two new neurons into that interaction, you okay. have seven neurons interacting. Okay. The output of that interaction will be different from um, the yeah, previous one. Yeah, true. So what you what you are always trying to do is to get as many new, new interactions yes. happening in the brain. In the brain, it will so produce, produce new thoughts different. different from what has been happening. Yeah, in the past. okay. I think it's very clear. Now. And that is what we, we we might call creativity because the idea or thought is different from previous ideas or before. thoughts. Yeah. Mm, okay. It's very. It's clear now. 
it's clear okay so with this understanding laulu do you think the computer can be creative hmm. very brilliant question <clears throat> i'll also start by also going back to what you said uh i know the branch of uh programming that is focused on programming the cells <laughs> or trying to make the cells behave in certain way and it's very complex because even the, the the quest to understand how the brain works is a whole field and so on so i'd say the computer is smart because people are able to program what they can do naturally into the computer so if a smart person programs a computer it becomes smart as a person who programs it but the creativity or the art that the person who created the computer went through is is very novel the computer can go through a process and create itself right that's why we say that the computer is a figment of the brain and you can't because that creative process uh, is what led to the formation of a computer that creative process is abstracted from the computer so we can't say the computer is creative but we say it is very intelligent the smart because it's able to not just do what humans can do but it could do that faster could that probably with lesser errors error of probably one in a billion or trillion or humans are prone to those errors but from what i understand that's what makes humans creative so that's what i can say about uh, a computer as not being creative but being very smart even if it can come up with different branch of possibilities within a very confined programming right but but you can't call that creativity creativity hmm we appreciate the computer we appreciate experts like you you know very smart very intelligent but it cannot come up with creative thoughts so how does the brain come up with creative thoughts as is good question but let me just um explain for that to put it to put some balance uh, for people who might still be saying well computer can do several things better than the human brain that's fine yeah remember what we are trying to achieve with this episode is we want to understand how our brain works and therefore we are better able to function with the way the brain works a human brain is not a computer yeah, we don't want to become very a com- basic. We, we, we don't we don't want to yes. think like computers okay so we appreciate what computers can do we appreciate what the brain can do that's what we want people to focus on yeah okay yeah so um first of all and and this is very important there is no specific area in the brain that is responsible for creativity i mean this this this, this is another myth that I, i think needs to be addressed there is no specific area creativity happens across different parts of the brain okay now according to hennenberg the author of scatterbrain There are two networks that are working in concert and that are responsible for creativity. Okay? The first one is called the default mode network. And the second one is called the control and decision making network. The default mode network churns out the ideas. It's like the idea generator. While the control network filters the idea that eventually bubble up. So both networks working in consonant is how we are creative as humans. So we can say that good ideas come into being when the brain combines its ability to fall idle, that's the default mode network, with its decision-making strength, that is the decision control network. So that's typically 
um, how creativity comes about. So, as is, he has to take it slow. You know that I'm not. I'm on. I'm. I'm that's, just learning. That's this. fine. That's okay. Fine. So, please, I need you to explain further on the default mode network, how it operates, because she said it's primarily responsible for generating ideas. Yes. So, please break that down and explain better. That's fine. I don't know if you remember in episode one, I said that our brains are capable of, on their own, generating ideas. Yes. Under periods of what I call productive, productive boredom. boredom. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. When we are not so focused on a particular task. Yeah. Okay. Now, as humans, we are always thinking whether we are doing nothing specific or not. Our brains do not have the off button. You know, the on off button. Our brains don't have any off button. They are always thinking. Now, there is high level activity going on in our brains even when we are at rest. Okay. It seems as if our brain have created what I would say, what I would call a cerebral idle state so even in the state of idleness the brain is working that is what we refer to as the default mode network now your brain switches to the default mode network when you are not focused on a particular task why is this important during the default mode network our brains are able to break free from the mental boxes. Okay? And they are able to wonder and come up with combinations that we have might not have previously thought about. Now, I'm going to quote Hennenberg again. And, and this is what he said. He said, New ideas are only generated when we losing ourselves from a concrete task and are able to subconsciously work out possible solutions. So this is what it means. When you are focused on a particular task or you are focused on something, you, you have a particular way you view those things. Okay? Now, during the default mode network, when you are not focused on, 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 on anything, what the brain does at that point in time, it begins to rearrange and combine cells and possibilities. And when you come back to any task, you find out that you are able to come up with new ideas that you might not have thought about. All that happened because while you your brain was idle or while you, your brain was allowed to wander, it was thinking and coming up with new combinations. So if you do not allow your brain to go into that state of idleness, you will find it difficult to come up, to come with, up new with new ideas. ideas. Mm. Mm. Interesting. So what factors would you say affect the default mode network and the decision-making network? And how do these um, factors affect um, creativity? Very interesting question. Now, the default mode network functions well when it's allowed to wander. So, anything that prevents it from wandering kills creativity. So, fear, sorry, so stress, anxiety, worry are creativity killers. Why? When you are stressed, you are focused on how to get out of that particular situation that is causing the stress. So your mind is not willing to wander at that particular point in time. Now, remember in episode 2, David mentioned that um, children were naturally more creative. Now, this is, this is my thinking. If you, if, you, if you really look at it, children typically have less, thing, less reasons to be stressed stress, yes. than... Yes. Adults. Adults. Yeah. And therefore, they are 
they are more, they can easily come to the state of wondering, wondering from, yeah. from, 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 a, from a mind perspective that adults as adults you have a lot on your mind you have their bills to pay they are, you know so you're always focused meaning that you have you, you allow your brain to wander less frequently than a child would and therefore a child might be more, more open to creativity than an adult will now so am I saying that we should not concentrate no that's not what I'm saying I'm saying that we should work with the way our brains have been designed there are periods where we concentrate we have a job at hand we need to focus but we also need to ensure that we give room for the brain to come into that default mode network where it is idle where it's able to combine uh, different things in our brain without us being focused on any particular task okay so that's so that's for the for the default mode network now for the control network whose job is to filter good ideas what you, what you, what you do not want you don't want that filter to be too tight if that filter is too tight it will filter out all the ideas that the default mode network is generating so you can be generating good ideas but your filter will block those ideas now what are the things that causes the filter to be too tight therefore preventing ideas from bubbling up fear and the need for conformity you remember we mentioned the issue of conformity in episode one okay the need for conformity will make people choose something even when they have a feeling that they know that it's not right so why is this important now in, a, in an environment where there's a need, there's a need for conformity, people will deliberately filter out ideas that they believe will not conform to what is accepted in that particular company. And, 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 and this is very important. So a lot of times, companies will say, you know, our employees are not creative. And they are wondering why. That, the issue is not about the employee. The issue is about the environment that has been created. created that makes employees to naturally filter out good what can be ideas exactly ideas, so yeah. so so that is very important so i'll say it again fear and the need for conformity is what makes people on their own filter out good ideas that would have been impactful to, to the company so again it is important that companies try to create an environment that allows their employees to be able to come up with ideas without the need to conform. Mm. I'm going to ask you to um, give us an example so that it's clearer. But before we do that, um, we have to go on a quick break. We would like to hear from our sponsors and we will be right back. Bulavara Solutions is a people-focused human resources firm based in Nigeria. We are curious about people, learning, and innovation. Working at Bulavara Solutions has been very enriching. I am a lot more appreciative of the individual value everyone brings to the team. We seek to build collaborative relationships with organizations in their quest to discover and develop the talents they require to win. 
At Collaborate Solutions, we are willing to explore innovative ways of developing the careers of those we work with. We are focused on working with organizations in building a culture of learning and innovation that empowers the people to excel. To learn more about Colavera Solutions, visit our website at www.colaverasolutions.com. Follow us on LinkedIn and Instagram at Colavera Solutions. Okay, we are back. Um, this has been very interesting. So before we go into the next and we're rounding up already, I want you to just help us in one or two statements, summarize those two things that you explained. Default mode network and the decision control network. Okay, I will explain. Now, the default mode network is like an idea generator. Okay. Now, for the default mode network to come into play, the brain must be in an idle state when it is not too focused on a particular task. Okay? So, it, it's not as if in the default mode network, you are the one doing the work. The brain on its own is doing, is doing, is doing the work. It's just combining and recombining and wondering and coming up with new ideas. So, what I'm trying to say is that we must have periods where we allow, allow the, the brain, brain to do that. That's what I meant by productive boredom in episode one. Yeah. Okay. So the that state is called the default mode network when the brain is idle and is able to generate new ideas. That's one. Now, the control system, what it does is to filter out the ideas that bubbles up. Okay. Now, you don't want that filter to be too tight. If it's too tight, it would reject a lot of the ideas that the default mode network is generating. It will reject it. Now, what makes the default mode network to be too tight? Fear and the need for conformity. Anybody operating in fear would reject the ideas that the default mode networks are generating. The need to conform as well, and this is what it means, if in an environment people know what what People, people know what the company wants and what it doesn't want. It knows that it finds certain things. The control system will naturally reject ideas that are not in conformity with what is accepted. And, and do you know the truth? You know what I'm saying happens subconsciously. You're not even yeah, aware. Yeah. The, the brain is just rejecting the ideas because it knows that in this environment, it's not going to be accepted. Okay, so, so, so it's very important that we understand how the brain works. And what we try to do is just, is just work in line with how our brains have been designed to work. We're not, saying, we're not saying be superhuman. We are saying just work with the way the brain has been designed to work. Yeah. Now, if I may add, something else that... I'm, I'm, so I'm going back to the default mode network. You remember I said, when you are not so focused on the particular task, your brain will typically wonder and you generate ideas. But also, the, the more you feed the brain with diverse knowledge, the more the brain can wander in diverse areas. And, and, and that's what you want. So I'm linking this issue back to what I mentioned about Gregory Burns, about one way of becoming more creative is to feed our brain with diverse knowledge, new experiences. When you do that, what you're simply doing is that when the brain is wandering, you are giving it 
diverse areas to wonder and combine. A lot of what we call creativity today is really a combination of several things. So the more several things you are in your brain, the more it's able to combine those several things and come up with something that is new. Okay? So I don't know if that... Yeah has helped yes it has really helped though we said two statements but it was very very helpful very helpful Laluji, what are your thoughts do you have anything to say it's a very uh, interesting and thought-provoking uh, session coming from the fact that i spent all my life trying to <laughs> <laughs> make computers smarter make uh, hardware smarter mm. and uh, there was something interesting I, I read from paul graham over the week and he was trying to describe the connection, the natural connection between nerdiness and the independent-mindedness, right? And he said, well, it was hard to be independent-minded without being somewhat awkward, socially awkward. Yeah. Because yeah. conventional beliefs exactly. are so often mistaken. Exactly. Or at least arbitrarily. Yeah. yeah. So no one who is independent-minded and ambitious will want to waste that, that time yeah. to fit in. Yeah. And that's exactly the problem we have. And that's why people who... Uh, nerds in quotes they find it very difficult fitting because their brain generates very unique thoughts that they struggle to communicate with the people who are already conformed. by default conformed yeah so i i also looked at having programmed for over a decade what has been my most productive state and what he's been saying is very correct most times when you have complex algorithms to to solve and you can't seem to get around it and you sleep Somehow you, you yeah, figure yeah, out the answer. Up, yeah. So the question is, yeah. was your was your brain programming while you're asleep? No, it's just the uh, default uh, network, like he mentioned, yeah. neural network. Ensuring that your brain can be allowed to be in its state, exactly. natural habitat, exactly. yeah. so that it can be at its best. Yes. Mm. Yeah. What we try to do is force the brain out of its natural state. Like taking a yeah. shot and ex- of water. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And be wondering why it is not very no creative. Walking, yeah. And you, if you look at a lot of companies are trying to make sure that uh, employees, especially people who are programming these computers, be in their natural state as possible. Not to be burdened. Like if you go to Facebook headquarters, you see that people are just allowed to be, you know, free from and not be so burdened by a lot of things that will take them out of their natural state of creativity. Because that's when they can be productive. Because that's exactly how they can be. Yeah. So this is how I would I would I would summarize. Because the the way the default mode network and the um, control network works, it's not as if there are things you deliberately okay you say, okay my control network is too tight. I would I would loosen <laughs> it. No, yes. that's not how, that's not how high it works. These are things that. They happen subconsciously. subconsciously. Now, if you work in an environment where there is need to conform, where there is fear, your control network will be tight. tight. There's nothing nothing you can do about it. It will be tight. You can be Einstein. You can be, I mean, Steve Jobs. You can be everything. And you're in an environment that that you are forced to conform. You will, your ideas will die except you live there. Yeah. You understand? So, a lot of how these things work are actually not things that we can force. We just have to do what's right in the right places and it will naturally trickle down. Okay? <sighs> it's It's been very interesting and I know that if I let Laolo and Aziz, we will not leave this place today. But it's it's been very, very insightful and I'm sure that everyone listening can um, attest to that. So I'll just say... 
I'll just try to summarize and say the few things I have learned and then would let Aziz give us the practical tips and then that would be it. So the first thing I think basic that I mentioned from the beginning is our brain is not a computer and um, the brain has the ability to function well on its own. And um, one of the things you mentioned is in order for, for this, for the brain to function on which makes it creative, we have to feed it with new experiences every time. And these new experiences are the things that help us produce new thoughts, new, new thoughts, ideas new that ideas makes us creative. That makes us creative. I think that was very basic. And then moving ahead to explain the um, default, default mode, mode network. network. I think how I'll summarize that is allow your brain to wander yeah allow your brain to wander but you mentioned that when we're stressed when we're busy adulting you know the brain is is not allowed to be itself it's not allowed to wander and it's very hard for it to generate new ideas in that situation so the environment helps that filter it does help you filter yes And I I kind of like the fact that he took it outside of the work environment because it could also happen from the home. Yes, it could happen from different places. I think in episode two, we mentioned the educational system as well because from that young age, you are told that this is blue, two plus two is four. So, I mean, your brain is already beginning to accept that, okay, this is how it should be. Exactly. And then it becomes difficult as you grow to be able to pop new ideas out that makes you creative. Spot on. So, if I may add, just the way the educational system is designed is designed for conformity. Yeah. Because it's designed for conformity, your filter will be tight. Yes. You will typically not so allow So by the time you things... grow into becoming a worker, it, it's, it's, it's already... It, it, it's and, tight. And that's why people who are fundamentally and extremely creative drop out of the schools because they can't just <laughs> yes, continue. Yes, that's true. They can't just that's continue. True, that's true. Hmm. It's, it's, it's been very, very, very interesting and insightful. Um, so we have to round up now. And um, I think I'll just let Aziz give us some practical tips. And then, yes, that'll be it. Okay. I mean, like um, several tips, but I think I'll give a couple. Uh, so the first one, again, David mentioned this. And I think we've said it um, during this uh, in um, some, some minutes ago. Read outside your field. Yeah. Expand your scope value new experiences a lot of what we call creativity today are combinations of already existing ideas so that's one two for companies i will say deliberately cross-pollinate experiences and knowledge within your company i'll give example um for, for some companies if not most companies the way people see it People sit by departments, most companies. So if you are in finance, everybody in finance sit together. If you are in marketing, marketing people sit together. So one way of ensuring cross-pollination is to have people in different departments sit together. Yes, let them sit together. And I and I read this about a company. Again, I can't remember the name. Now, when they have projects, maybe two people working on a project, they have to share the same computer, same computer screen. So it forces the two people to work together. 
in a very unique way. Yeah. And, and it's true for programmers because well, there's something called peer programming where you get somebody who is skilled and somebody who's just learning. Yeah. And that cross actually helps balance because you it have tendency to be extreme yeah. when you are very good at some certain things. But somebody who is just coming would, 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 would come open the new doors of possibilities yeah. Yeah. that he's not boxed into. So I think it, it's very helpful. As this is giving employers free consultation. Or... That's what I'm doing. <laughs> okay, okay, please go ahead. The next one I would say is that um, I think people should look outside their sectors for ideas and transport those ideas back to that sector. I'll give a very good example. Let's take training. Um, so rather than send your sales team on training to improve their selling skills, this is what I would say. Take the entire team, your sales team, let them go to another company in a different sector for about a week. Different sector for, for, for about a week. Now, you might ask the question, how would we know the sector that might give us good ideas? And I'll give you some guides for this. Look at sectors that might have similar structural design or similar structural challenges. I'll give an example. Uh, one of the issues companies usually have is the issue of um, regulation. Okay, so um, in the oil and gas downstream, that's an industry that I worked for several years. The regulation is in pricing regulation. Okay, if you look at a company like BAT, the British Tobacco, British American Tobacco, the regulation is in its advertising. That's where it has regulation. You cannot advertise. So it's a regulation. Yeah. Now, what you could do. So companies in the downstream oil and gas can send their sales team to BAT, for example, and they can learn how was BAT able to manage that restriction in advertising and still remain profitable. Yeah. And you could and they could learn those things and they transport them back to the downstream industry. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, you could also use what I called analogies to break free of mental restrictions. So again, let's say the company in, in the downstream oil and gas sector. You could ask yourself, if Apple if Apple was in the downstream oil and gas business, how would he run his gas stations? That will help you break free of his mental of your of your mental restrictions. Remember, a lot of the reason why you do things in a certain way in any sector it's because of those guidelines and rules of those sectors. So if you ask yourself, how would Apple do this? What you are doing is that you are breaking, breaking those mental that, yeah. restrictions and you are thinking differently. And that's how you come up with, with uh, new, new ideas. And I will say, hey, this might be difficult, but companies should allow their employees to laze around and interact. How? I mean, I really can't tell you, but allow your companies to have time to want to, you know, to be idle and come into that state of default mode network. It's been very interesting. Um, thank you very much, um, Laulu, for coming. And thank you Thanks so for much, having. Aziz, for always thank you very researching much. and bringing this knowledge to us. It's been very interesting. And um, I'm sure that everyone listening has also enjoyed the episode. Do not forget to subscribe to the podcast and share with your friends. And as well, follow us on Instagram at Colavara Solutions and on LinkedIn, Colavara Solutions. So this podcast is produced and edited by Joshua Praise and the soundtrack is an original music from Just to Christos.
The poster design is by Faithful Larry and Joseph Okafo. Until the next episode, like we always say, have a very creative week. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.